Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to Pull Up a Stump, Surviving and Thriving Life Nowadays. I am your host, Cassie Pittman, and today we're going to bring it on back um, to some sobriety talk. Um, this past week, I had a really cool opportunity to be interviewed and speak on a page on Instagram, um, and I'll link it down below, but, and it, it's this page that there's a, the lady who runs it, um, when the pandemic hit, she kind of just like opened up this page and started interviewing people, like just for a sense of freaking connection and like, you know, talking about mental health and addiction and struggles and like all that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I, got interviewed earlier this week. I was number 525 um, interview. So she's done a lot of work, interviewed a lot of different people from a lot of different walks of life, different issues and everything to talk about. Um, and obviously she reached out to me. I don't even know how she found my page, but she found my page and wanted me to talk about my story and you know, my story with my mental health struggles and with my battle with alcohol. And it was a really shorter interview, it was only like 15 minutes, but it was just super cool. Like this is the four, no, third opportunity now that I've had that someone has reached out to me and I've spoken about my story. And it just is crazy to me, um, you know, that... <sighs> I remember when I was so enthralled in my, like, life with alcohol, and you just feel so worthless. So if you're somebody who's struggling with mental health or addiction, just know that, like, I see you, I hear you, I feel you, because I've been there, and you just feel worthless. Like, there's nothing that anybody can say to you that makes you feel like you're worth anything anymore. And it's just crazy to me to be on the other side of this. Um, and I'm not saying like, oh my God, I'm perfect and sober, but you know, I still struggle and I still, um, you know, like not struggle, I guess that was the wrong word. I still battle, um, stuff, you know, I still, it's still a work every, like a work in progress every day. Um, and it's something that I work at every single day. That's kind of what I mean, right? It's not like you just cure it, um, or you get sober or, you know, you get on a medication or you go to therapy or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like snap of the fingers and there you go. You walk through the rest of your life, just do, 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 totally cured from my, <laughs> you know, mental health or addiction. No, it's not like that. Um, you know, do I struggle every day like how I did? No, but it's, it's like another job. It's another thing that I put at the forefront of my mind every day to make sure that I stay on track, you know? So, um, it's just nuts that like, like I said, like I'm on the other side of this and there's all these people that like, want to hear my story and relate to my story and reach out to me on my social media and say, Oh, thank you so much for sharing that or whatever. Right. And I remember after my little interview this week, 
um, my significant other like caught the tail end of the interview and he's like, Oh, like good for you. You know, like spread your story, babe. Like people need to hear it. And I was like, it's just nuts. And he's like, not really. Like we live in a really fucked up world where there's, let me just, I'm going to pull up this text and you'll be like, yep, this is so true. Let me just hear two seconds here. He goes, not really. We live in a really fucked up world where bad things happen to good people and they're afraid to do or say something for fear of not being believed or understood or ostracized for what happened to them. You talking about what happened to you and your battles might give that 16 year old girl thinking about killing herself because she got raped or that mom who was in an abusive relationship the courage to come forward and maybe save their lives. And just that, it's like, you know, I never, like, yeah, when I started, when I finally started to really share the truth about my struggles, um, you know, there was a, there was a few things around it, but there, you know, when I really started to share it, it was honestly kind of like, a like a diary thing and just like getting it out there. And I was really afraid, like, because not a lot of people. And if you just saw me on social media or whatever, right? Like social media is a fucking highlight, highlight reel. So like, if you saw me on social media or like nine out of 10 people that like saw me in my day to day life, like f for my entire like life of addiction would have never known that I was struggling with it. Right. So like when I finally came out of the bag and, like, I have my Nana on my social media and, like, she's learnt some things about me since I've been out in the open with it, you know? And, like, I had all this fear that, like, these people that didn't really know, like, behind closed doors what was going on would judge me and be like, oh, God, like, she's fucked up or, like, how could she do that or, like, oh, you know, whatever, and so I kind of just want to talk about, like, I don't really know the way to put it because, like, the real, like, what addiction really is. And, like, for the longest time, and if I'm being 130,000% honest, I still get, like, the ick about, like, calling it an addiction with me because there is still like, even to this day, there is still like this negative connotation in my head where it's like, Oh, you have an addiction. Like you're like a worthless addict. And like, I know it's not true because I know I'm not a worthless addict. And like, I understand what addiction really is, but it's still like so ingrained in my head to be like, oh, like don't admit you have an addiction or had an addiction, whatever addiction problem, because like, or you battled with mental health because like, then you're worthless. But it's not, it's not true, you know? Like, so I really just wanted to kind of like break down, like, from the mouth of someone who for like over half of her life struggled with alcohol which manifested itself into mental health issues. Someone who never really understood what addiction really was and how to really, quote unquote, cure yourself of it. Because I think, you know, this time of year, 
around the holidays, like we're coming up on the end of the year here, can be a really, really lonely time for people that were in my shoes because, you know, you either have kind of sectioned yourself off from people because you're trying to hide the fact that, you know, you're struggling or, you know, people have kicked you out because you're struggling or, you know, you it's just you've lost people due to struggle and maybe you're confused, like, how could this person not fucking see it, you know? And just, yeah, this, like... It just needs to be talked about more. And I just really want to, like, from the mouth of a fucking recovered alcoholic, mental health fucking battle person, talk about what it really is, you know? Because I think when, exactly like how I said, right, you you, you think of somebody who struggles with mental health and you think, oh, they're fucking nuts or they're crazy or they need to be in the loony bin or, like, you know walking on eggshells because you're scared you're going to say the wrong thing or whatever. Or it's just like, oh, just fucking take a happy pill and be happier. Like, oh, just be happier. Just get over it. Like all these things, right? So, and then you think of somebody with an addiction issue, whatever that addiction is. Uh, mine just so happened to be alcohol, but you know, um, and you just kind of envision this like scummy, like drain on society addict. Every penny they earn goes towards nothing but the addiction and, you know, they can't hold down a job and why don't they just stop what they're doing and fucking snap out of it and all this stuff. And I'm here to tell you whether this is you or whether you feel this way about these people or whether you loved and lost someone who struggled with these things, those things could not be farther from the truth. And honestly, that negativity towards both of like mental health and addiction was a huge reason. And I know fellow like mental health and addiction people feel the same, but like that was a huge reason that held me back from like part of it held me back from getting sober was because there's this huge negativity surrounding it. So then you don't want to admit to it. And obviously the first step to like getting help is admitting you have an issue. So it's like when you have to admit something so negative and you have all these people in your life that may not know that that's what's going on or whatever, right? Or just like saying it out loud, um, it holds you back from getting better. And I think if we really start to bring a voice to what, mental health struggles and addiction truly are. I mean, I, it's naive to think that we'll ever break the stigma 100%. But if we kind of break it down and show people what it really is and talk about it more, then more and more people will be less afraid to come out of the shadows, you know? And in the shadows is where you continue to struggle and go farther and farther down the drain. And, you know, a lot of us lose our lives. And we don't want that anymore, okay? Because that's a scary fucking place to be in. And my daughter almost lost her mother. And my unborn son never almost got to be born. You know, like, it's fucked up. Because I was in the shadows for so long. So, first off, what really, like, is addiction? Nine times, or mental health, okay? We're talking about both. 
nine times out of 10, it is someone who is fucking lost and is trying to numb a pain when it comes to addiction and mental health. Mental health, be, be, and I, okay, don't come at me. I know that there's like different levels of depression and all this, and there's all these different things that can trigger it. But I, like, depression manifests itself from trying to hide feelings, right? So you are, you're not, like, you're trying to hide the pain. You don't want to talk about it. You don't want to voice it. You don't want to get help. You're trying to hide it. And you become fucking depressed from that. You know, like, suicidal thoughts and stuff is trying to escape a pain. Addiction is someone trying to numb pain nine times out of ten. I bet. I bet if you talk, if you went on the street, went to a homeless shelter, went to wherever, and talked to fucking 10 addicts, I am willing to put bet that 90% of them will say that it started because of a pain source. You know? Go to the psych ward and talk to 10 patients that are in there for mental health issues. And I bet you it all starts with a pain source. Talk to fucking 10 therapists. And I bet you they'll tell, tell you that 90% is a pain source. We don't just all the time choose to like pick up the bottle and never put it down. And I'm just going to keep referring to it as a bottle because that's mine. But if your thing is drugs or sex or gambling or, you know, I talk about my thing as depression and suicide with mental health because that was my thing. But if you have, you know, other mental health conditions, it's a broad, broad thing, but I'm just saying the names of mine because that's all I can talk about. Okay. But they're all under the same umbrella. So, you know, it's a pain. We don't just pick it up and never put the bottle back down because it's like, this is just continues to be fun. Maybe it started that way, like, you know, but then, you know, you figure out that, oh, I keep doing this and I don't feel the pain anymore. Oh, I can hide the pain. Oh, I keep drinking and I become like very social and people want to be my friend and people think I'm funny and I don't have to talk about what happened to me or I don't have to you know, the social anxiety wears off or whatever it is. And, you know, oh, I don't feel depressed anymore. I don't, you know, it's weird because alcohol is a depressant, but I feel like it's, it's a, it's like a, it's a happy thing until it's just not. And then it's a depressant, but, um, but you know, and it's like, we're all just trying that we're just trying to numb the pain, you know, like, that's it. How else are we going to try to take away the pain? You know, maybe from, you know, we've been shown multiple times that if you try to talk about it, you're shunned or they don't, you're not believed or, you know, you're shamed. So we're not going to talk about it to take the pain away. You know, we've been told time and time again or shown time and time again that you can't trust people with this, with this pain and with this secret. So we're not going to like confide in other people. So we're just going to bury it. And we're going to numb it. 
and then it just becomes a habit and then it becomes something that your body craves and then it becomes you know you have to do it to fucking stop the shakes and then you have to you know and it just snowballs and manifests into this big ugly fucking monster that is ruling your life you know in this interview that I did earlier this week I mentioned that you know cuz I've been sober before and now I call this this stint of my newest sobriety, um, which I'm coming up on a year here, um, It I call this like my end-all, be-all sobriety, you know, because I've actually done the work and I really don't see myself going back. Um, whereas I've been sober before in the past for stints and then broke it. Um, and I was talking about in my interview how... My other stints of sobriety were backed on just being like, oh, just don't, just don't pick up the bottle. You know, don't go, like, keep driving past the liquor store. Or like, you know, don't go out to places that are your triggered or whatever, right? It was just like, just, it was an avoidance. It was, it was sobriety by avoidance. And that worked until it didn't. Until I was so badly triggered. We talked about it in a couple episodes ago. So badly triggered by viewing, by seeing someone who looked very closely resembled to the man who raped me as a child. And it fucking took control of me. And I broke my sobriety. And that is exactly that, you know? I mean my, I had much more trauma than just my childhood rape that I was burying with alcohol, but it just goes to show that like, yeah, I was sober and I was successfully sober and I was, you know, killing it in the mom game and I was a fucking fantastic mom and I'll never let anybody fucking diminish that light. And if you're trying to fucking say otherwise, you're just dumber than a fucking doorknob or lying through your teeth. Um, but you know, and I was, doing it quote unquote right but I wasn't doing it right because it was sobriety by avoidance instead of sobriety by doing the fucking work and that's why I say like this time I have no question in my mind that I will never go back and it was like every other time I've been sober in my life I was like "Mm, I wonder when I'm gonna you know, how long will this last? Like, I was like, am I really going to be sober forever? Or like, is this like a five-year thing, a 10-year thing? Like, once the kids grow up, I'll like start drinking again, you know, whatever. But because I never, I still saw the value in it. And so I didn't completely detach myself from it. Whereas now I've spent the last better part of a year really digging into like my why and why I picked up the drink for so long and what caused me to to lean on alcohol and really deal with my traumas and really um you know cut people out and create boundaries and really do a lot of self-love work and a lot of I didn't love myself I hated myself hence why I let certain people in my life that fuck, now they couldn't touch me with a 30-foot pole, 
you know, but you, I hated myself. And, you know, and so I was acting not great. I wasn't dealing with the stuff and, you know, the, the way that I sadly like would like myself is if I was drinking because then I became bubbly and fun and funny and I'd fuck like a porn star and I'd, you know, people were more attractive to me and I, you know, had more fun and did more courageous things and all that until you wake up in the morning and you feel like a bag of dicks and realize you're still making terrible decisions. So, you know, this past, like I said, better part of a year has been a lot of like soul searching and really digging into like why, why I drink, why I did that, you know, like what caused me, what were the triggers, what were the traumas, what was the, all that stuff. And that's what people that, that don't struggle with addiction or mental health really don't understand. They just see the byproduct of mental health and addiction struggles. They see the like falling all over the place, the in inability to put the, the addiction down, the hiding away in bedrooms and not talking to people for weeks, the, you know, self-harm and the self-hate, and they don't fucking understand. And I, I mean, until I didn't, until I did the work, I didn't really understand it either because keep in mind, as we've talked about before, I have a, I had a mother that has been an, was an alcoholic my entire life. And I used to be like, what the fuck? Like, put the bottle down. Like, I remember, like, a lot of the reason why she wasn't in my life for a lot of my life was because I was like, she kept choosing the fucking bottle over her kids. It was like me and my brother. And I was like, what kind of fucking mom does that? But I was headed down that fucking road. If I hadn't gotten my act together and I just continued on the path, you know, I probably would have done similar things with my daughter because I never dealt with it. And it's like, it's not like you, and I now realize like my mom was never purposely choosing the alcohol over us. It was just the alcohol had such a hold on her and she never dealt with the deeper issues and her only escape from probably herself was the bottle. And then the byproduct of that was just her fucking not really being the best mom. And, you know, like I said, like I was, I could have headed down that same road. Like I'm, I'm very grateful, very fucking grateful that I got out when I did. My daughter is still very young. She's almost three. Um, and you know, she'll never remember not that I ever really like put her in any danger or anything like that. But like, you know, she, she'd never remember that the fucked up thing that has happened in regards to my daughter for the last year and a half, you know, she's young enough to fucking undo the brainwashing and undo the, the trauma it is and, you know, get back into her life and she'll never know any different because her mom's never going back. But, you know, people who, are watching it from the outside in don't get that they just think that it's like snap out of it and trust me like I'm sure most of us wish we could I remember there were so many days when I'd be sitting there fucking wasted out of my face 
or the day after, feeling like shit, shaking, needing another drink at fucking seven in the morning because my body's literally going through withdrawals. I'm shaky as shit. I can barely fucking hold my phone. You know, like I'm thinking, like counting down the hours. I, I remember there were so many mornings I would wake up and like look at the bottle that I had from the night before. There was still a little bit in there, you know? And I'd be like, okay, there's enough sips in there that like I can keep sipping from like seven in the morning till nine until the fucking liquor store opens and then I can order alcohol on like, you know, a delivery app or I can go grab alcohol and start again because like my body literally feels like it's going to rip its fucking intestines out and I can't even like stand up straight. Like that's how bad it was. And I remember I used to sit there and be like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I'm a very, very intelligent person. And, you know, if you ask anybody who knew me as a kid and, like, knew me, they'd be like, yeah, Cassie's fucking smart. Like, you know, and I'm very intuitive. And people joke, they're like, are you psychic? You know, because I'm so intuitive. I'm really fucking smart. And so I was able to always, like, I always knew I was not doing the right thing. But, and, you know, I'd be like, I'm sober now. Like, I'm going to get sober. And then it'd last a few hours and, like, the fucking shit the guilt the trauma like just it would just come out and so I'm sure like a lot of us you know we sit there and we're just as disappointed in uh, in ourselves as you are in them you know but keeping this stigma and the shame attached to it is what's holding a lot of people back and killing a lot of fucking people I was terrified and fuck looking back at like what happened when I finally admitted that, like, I was struggling to the point where I tried to kill myself, I need to go get help, and then fucking, ugh, it all went down. You know, looking back, if I had known that was going to happen, I would have never admitted it. And I probably would be dead. You know, but it is what it is. And so, you know, if we keep this negativity and this stigma attached to mental health and addiction struggles, we are going to continue to lose people that we love kids will continue to lose their mothers. Grandmas will continue to lose their grandchildren. We will lose our dads, our moms, our cousins, our uncles, our best friends. Because when there's so much negativity attached to the admittance of like, I'm not fucking okay, nobody wants to admit that they're not okay. And that is the real fucking devil of addiction it's not the addiction itself it is the fucking negativity that the world has created around someone admitting that they're fucking struggling and it's killing people left right and center it is keeping people addicted it is killing people we need to cut the shame and the stigma and trust me I'm right there supporting you if you, one, are struggling in this, but if you're someone, you know, who they've given this, this person a million chances to get their shit together and, you know, they continue to relapse, they continue to cut themselves, they continue to struggle and it's like, I get it, you're frustrated like you're fucking frustrated. It's like, when is it going to, when is it going to take? It's either going to take and the person's going to get better or it's 
excuse me, not going to take and we're going to lose this person. So don't give up. But I mean, maybe it's time you sit down with this person and just be a safe space and just open yourself up and be like, look, I know that you know that I'm ashamed of you. You know, like be honest you know, there's no shame in being honest, but be like, but I want to help and I need to know how to help you. Like, you know, because I think that we all have our idea of how this person needs to be helped. Fuck. That's half the reason why my year, my last year and a half of my life has been such a shit show is because somebody had an idea of what I should have been doing to get better. Didn't agree with what I was doing and fucked my life up for a year and a half. So, you know, we all have this idea of how this person should be getting better. But the only fucking person that knows how that this person should get better is that person. So sit down with that person and be a safe space and just open yourself up and be like, okay, yes, I am not happy with what you're doing right now. We need to change this. Or else, you know, and lay down those lines. It's like when you watch intervention and they do the intervention and then they sit down and be like, if you continue, you know, you're never allowed back in my house again, you know, kind of thing. But (laughs) what can we do to help you? So, you know, lay down your lines and then be that safe space for this person to open up. And no matter what they say, you can't let it trigger you into, you know, yelling at them or shaming them or anything like that, because then you're just about to, you're going to lose them. Addiction and mental health struggles is honestly the hardest thing I've ever been through in my entire life. And I've been through a lot of fucked up shit in my life, you know? being raped as a child and like holding that. I didn't tell anyone until I was in grade 10 and I got raped when I was eight. Like that's a lot of years to hold a secret and deal with all the repercussions of having that done to you, you know, having your childhood just stripped from you, having your innocence just stripped from you, have this person live in your house with you for the next like two years and you can't tell anyone, live in the fear, live in the guilt, feeling disgusting. I hated my body. You know, it manifested itself into really bad body dysmorphia. I was very anorexic and bulimic when I was little. And, you know, that was because I hated myself. I hated this body that got, you know raped by a grown man and I felt disgusting and I felt worthless and that then manifested again into body dysmorphia and I was um, diagnosed first with like depression when I was like fucking 14 or something and then you know turns into I found alcohol and then all this and then you know I've been raped again I was gang raped you know when I was 20 23 And then going through that and, you know, getting the rape kit done and then the the cops didn't do anything about it because I couldn't remember any facts because I was drugged. And, you know, dealing with everything that is my mother and then, you know, I've had lots of shit go on in my life that is absolutely fucking terrible to go through. I've been homeless. I've been, you know, left high and dry this last year and a half 
with what's been going on has been the worst, second worst thing that has ever happened to me in my life. But, you know, the first being addiction and mental health struggles. It is such a fucking lost, lonely, treacherous journey to find yourself on. And it is so alienating. And you just... I don't know how to say it really right. You just, you're disgusted in yourself. I highly doubt that there's really, besides when they're fucking sky high or, you know, when you're really drunk or whatever, feel like super great about themselves when they're freaking shaking and need to take another shot or, you know, whatever it is. Like we don't, we know, we know, (laughs) we don't need to be reminded, but we do need to be have a safe space held for us. And if you're struggling in this, if this is if this is speaking to you as someone who is struggling, you know, and you don't need to be like a full-blown fucking addict whatever that looks like to you to admit that you have a problem. I was just having this conversation last night with one of my clients actually. I'm a health and wellness and lifestyle coach for women. And I was having a conversation with one of my yeah, kind of funny, hey, I like pulled myself out of the ashes and freaking now I talk to and motivate women all over the world to be their better versions of themselves, you know, and that but I think people who come out of stuff like this make better people to be in positions like that. Like my boss is the same thing. He's an ex meth um, addict, an ex drug dealer, who pulled himself out of the ashes. And now eight years later, he owns a fucking crazy good, crazy business. And I'm a head coach or a assistant coach with him you know it's like but these people when when you meet people who have been through the the trenches and they come out the other end they're generally much better people to like run people because we know what it's like to be on the bottom and you know we have we're very uh insightful people but anyway I was talking to her last night and I said you know I'm like you don't have to be like a full-blown fucking alcoholic to put down the bottle you know when it's starting to negatively impact your life in any way you know whether it's like one glass always turns into an entire bottle or like, you know, you maybe make poor choices on it or whatever, like, or you just realize that like your health is suffering, you know, maybe like when you drink your freaking blood pressure goes through the roof or something like all this stuff, like you don't have to be a full blown person to like realize, okay, it's probably better to live without it. But if this is you and you're listening to this and like, you'd be like, "Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm there. Or like, you know, and okay, I read this one thing and it was actually talking about if you're Googling someone's behavior, like it was like a narcissist page I was on, but it was like, if you're Googling someone's behavior to find out if it's like normal or not, that should be red flag in itself that like, no, it's not fucking normal and get the fuck out. Same thing. If you're finding yourself like Googling, am I an alcoholic or blah, blah, blah kind of probably a red flag that like you are or you're headed down the right path to become one I remember I used to google like I googled that before am I an alcoholic Mm, yeah I think if you're questioning it or if you feel like you may be on the on the teeter-totter of it you probably are leaning more in the more yes direction and it's time to reevaluate your life choices um, you know, and I don't think everybody, I don't think sobriety is for everybody. I was saying this to the client last night too. And I was like, I don't think sobriety is for everybody. I don't think everybody needs to be sober. I think that there are people out there that can moderate and do all that. But for me, sobriety was the only option. 
and it was the best option and it's the one of the best things I've ever fucking done for myself was like honestly get sober because like I said it was sober by by um, avoidance last time and I wouldn't call that honestly sober because there was always a question in my mind of like how long was this going to keep up whereas now it's like I'm honestly fucking sober and very happily honestly sober and I'm just, you know, if this is you and you're listening and you're relating to any of this, like as the addict then, or the person with mental health struggles, like just know, like if you are willing to put in the work, just like anything in life, if you are willing to put in the work, then it does get better. And I know it's so cliche, but it does, you know, like it really, really does. A year ago, I would have, you know, a year and a half ago, I would have never, ever, you know, and I, we don't need to get into like the, uh, like fine details of it. I always say like year and a half and that's more or less what I've been sober. I had like a little fucking week break, but I've not at all, there's not been an, an, an ounce, a drip, a fucking whiff of alcohol in my life. Um, for just about a year, but then I was sober for quite a few months before that. And then I had a second trimester miscarriage and went on like a week bender at home where I just drank wine and didn't leave my couch. And then I've been sober ever since I pulled myself out of that one. So, you know, but so it's like a year and a half. So it's like, but fully almost a year, if you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying? I know my sobriety date and where I've literally, that was the last time I ever fucking drank alcohol. And it's coming up on a year. Um, but, you know, it, it it does get better. And, like, I would have never thought that a year and a half ago I could be making podcasts or speaking on interviews or even talking to anybody, um, honestly, about how to change your fucking life. And not to mention now coaching women all over the world telling them and teaching them how to like step into their power and change their life. Because like I said, addiction is just a byproduct of a lot of fucking things. Addiction is normally paired with mental health issues like myself. I was suicidal, depressed, highly anxious, uh, manifested into alcoholism. And you know, they, they generally go hand in hand. And so when you can beat those two things, uh, your mental health struggle and your addiction, or one of the two, if you are one of the lucky ones that only have one, um, you know, the other side, like, it does get better, and I would have never thought that, like, I'd then be, like, where I'm at now, but I think the bigger issue with addiction and mental health struggles is the people who aren't struggling with it. And the people who don't understand it and the people who stigmatize it and put a negative like spin on it and it makes people who are struggling not want to come forward. And if you don't, I mean, you can't, it's like anything, you can't know what you don't understand. So I think we need more people speaking about like the truth about it and really like helping people understand, you know, and it's just, yeah, that stuff, it takes your fucking soul 
That's why it's called spirits. And it's like, it just takes your fucking soul. And you become someone that, like, you don't fucking recognize. Look, like, oh, I think back about the woman that I was and I'm like, oh my God, she was so lost. She was so hurt. She was so numb. She was so angry. She was ugly on the inside. She was so sad. She was hiding any real emotion or anything. And it's just so sad to think back at, like, that was my life. And, like, for years and years and years and years and years, that was my life. And it's like, yeah, like, coming up on a year and this is just the beginning. Like, you can't even begin to fathom what the real, like, gifts of sobriety are. You know, I think it's, like, such a cliche thing, like, oh, gifts of sobriety. You think, like, oh, I can keep a job. Like, no. The gifts of sobriety are shit like this. Like, of, like, being able to be a fucking mom to my kids that, like, I know they are going to be so proud of me for everything that I've accomplished, everything that I will accomplish in their lives, all the things that I will be able to provide for them how strong their mother is, they will never meet a fucking stronger woman than their mother. And I can say that very fucking confidently because you don't go through what I've been through and don't come out fucking stronger. If you're coming out alive, you're coming out stronger. And, you know, they, both my kids will look up to me one day and be like, wow, you know, when they're old enough and they, I'm not going to hide my shit from them, you know, when they are old enough and they ask, Mom, why don't you ever drink like the other moms? Or blah, blah, blah. Well, this is why, you know, and this is what I battled myself out of. And, you know, and when they see that, like, their mom has built this beautiful life from them from the fucking ground up, that's beautiful. And, like, when I look at myself in the mirror now on a daily basis, I don't fucking hate my reflection. And when I think about my life for the past year, I have nothing to be not proud of. I have no, like, embarrassment or, like, shame that has happened in my life in the last year and a half. Whereas it was happening like every day I'd wake up with another fucking something to be embarrassed about or something to be shameful of or some other secret or some other lie or something, you know, whereas like, I don't have anything. I can't, I'm not embarrassed of anything. My life has only gone up, but it, you know, I eventually had to just, like, say fuck it and not care about the negativity that was about to ensue when I was honest. So, you know, sometimes you can do that and sometimes you can. And that's when I say, like, it just hides people in their addiction for so long. We need to break the stigma. We need to stop negative, like, negative fucking everything surrounding it. Because, again, we are losing too many people. Too many people, too many good people that are just hurt people, lost and hurt. But I mean, it takes a lot of work. Like the past year has not been peachy keen and there's been a lot of freaking crazy conversations and a lot of owning up and a lot of forgiveness and a lot of 
just work. And like I said, it's like a work every day, not necessarily so much on the like addiction side anymore, but definitely like, you know, I wake up every day and like, I do not miss my med my meditation and I do not miss my gratitude work because that's what keeps me on the straight and narrow in regards to my mental health, right? Is like recognizing the peace that I get from meditation and then I do my gratitude work and it really like right off the hop in the morning puts me in a positive mindset and you know so that way I don't I can avoid slipping back into depression just one of like the things you know and so it's like a thing that I I do every day and it's like another job and you know it may be like that for the rest of my life who knows but it's something that when you get better you choose like you know instead of spending freaking three hours trying to count down the minute until I could go buy more alcohol. Now I spend 20 minutes in the morning focusing on me and putting my mindset into a positive mindset. And I take on the day every day, like with my demons buried instead of trying to avoid and avoid my demons. My demons are, like, there's no skeletons in my closet anymore. My demons are gone. And they're dealt with. And, you know, I have the tools to deal with them if they pop back up here and there. You know, but then I just put in a lot of work on a daily basis to ensure that when I step out of bed in the morning, I am taking on this day with the most positive, grounded, peaceful, productive mindset so that I can be the best version of me for me and I can be the best version of me for my kids. So if, again, if you're listening to this and it's you're struggling with mental health or addiction or both, yes, it's scary. It's really scary. And honestly, like honestly getting sober was probably one of the hardest things. I've, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. But it is so worth it. And it's scary, but you can do it, you know, if you need to go to outpatient or inpatient or you need to go to a meeting or you just need to like, I preach by the smart system, you know, I all, whatever it is, you can do it. Therapy, all that good stuff. And then if you're listening as someone who loves someone or did love someone that is struggling with mental health or addiction, I challenge you to think about it from the outsider point of view that it's not as simple as it looks. This person is more than likely not choosing because they want to choose every day this thing that they're doing. They, they probably want to, you know, get out of bed and not be depressed. They don't want to be suicidal. They don't want to be cutting themselves. They don't want to be self-harming. They don't want to be shooting up meth or downing bottles of alcohol. But there's something in there that they need to deal with. And I challenge you to view it from a different point of view. And come to this person as a safe space. And see kind of the shift there because I think I think if someone had come to me as a safe space like a true safe space anybody that ever approached me as like a quote-unquote safe space was there was some backhanded shit there that you know there wasn't really honestly a safe space and I think if someone had 
I would have maybe gotten sober sooner. But at the same time, maybe just my time to get honestly sober, that was my time. And I had to, you know, go through that last fucking bit of shit to really drive it home. And, and it's part of my why. It's part, like on my sobriety counter app, they make you put in like, why are you doing this? And I say for my, mine says for my daughter and my health. You know, maybe I had to go through that last little bit of shit to really drive home that like my why. And, you know, on my days where like I was tempted or like, you know, fuck this. I just, fuck this is too hard. Thought of my daughter and I thought, and I honestly, I thought of my daughter and I honestly, then I thought about sticking it to someone being like, no, fuck you. You're waiting for me to fuck up and I'm not going to fuck up this time. So you're going to get real old, you're going to get real fat, and you're going to get real ugly waiting for me to fuck up. And it's just, come at it as a safe space. If you're struggling, know that there is the other side. It just requires a lot of work. And I think that that is really what is going to change the face of addiction. And we need to start doing it one story at a time. So thank you for listening to mine and my two cents. And I hope you guys all have a freaking fantastic day. Don't forget, move your body, drink your water, do your positive affirmations, and just don't shit on someone if they're struggling, okay? Because you really don't know. You don't know what you don't know. And I bet you they've not been honest with you. Out of fear. Not just because they're like a dishonest person. So anyway, but guys... Adios. We will talk to you later.